Welcome to a very special edition of the Inside Story podcast. This is a bonus episode that we are bringing you as part of our Author Spotlight series. We are dropping these episodes over the next few weeks so that you have a really good taste of the women, the amazing women, and the amazing stories that you will find inside our book, Shine Your Light. So over the last two years, all of us here at Light Beamers have been working really hard to curate a special selection of women's stories to be found inside three collaborative books. And our third book is, is coming at you hot, Shine Your Light, rounds out the, the trilogy, if you will, that will be joining her sister books of Elevate Your Voice and Step Into Your Brave. And this is our opportunity to bring you behind the scenes and the real stories behind each of the women who has so bravely and courageously and boldly stepped forward to write and share her story as a chapter inside our book. And so let's get right into this week's Author Spotlight. Hi, I'm April Adams Pertwee. I'm your host of the Inside Story podcast. I've been telling people stories my entire adult life as a broadcast journalist, video producer, and digital storyteller. These days, you can find me at Light Beamers, where I'm building a community of women who are ready to step into their brave by sharing their story with the world. On the Inside Story podcast, I'm bringing you some of the best stories I'm discovering from both the women inside of my community, as well as from around the streets of the internet. Plus, I'm digging deep to share some of my own stories with you along the way. My hope is that these stories will help encourage you to examine your own story so that you can share it with other people. I have a motto at Light Beamers. When we share our stories, we shine a light. So with that in mind, let's get down to business today and share the light found in this episode. Hello, 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 everyone. Welcome to the Inside Story podcast and this special edition of our podcast. This is another one of our author spotlights as we are making our way through the book, Shine Your Light, and introducing you to all of the amazing women who are um, in that book. This is a book that we, of course, have just released on Amazon as part of a three book series that we've been producing here at Light Beamers. And um, it's been really fun over the last month or so to bring you these author spotlights to the podcast so that we could just take you a little bit deeper with each of these authors. And today I have with me Marsha Murph Tabor and just excited to be able to dive in with her a little bit deeper. So fun, fun little inside story, you guys. How I know Marsha, we're going to have to talk about this, Marsha, on the, on the call. Okay. <laughs> um, you know, it's a fun story about how I met Marsha while I was training and getting ready to run a 200 mile relay race back in South Carolina with a group of my friends that I worked out with all the time. We all were always signing up for these really crazy events and running 200 mile relay is pretty crazy. I'm not a runner. You're like, I am not a runner. You guys <laughs> I've never been a runner yet. Somehow I thought it was a good idea to sign up for this 200 mile relay race And Marsha and I get put together uh, because she was running, she was dating her now husband, but she was dating Jeff, her husband at the time, or her boyfriend at the time, now her husband. Yeah. And Jeff was part of our group. And so Marsha and I got put in the same van. <laughs> and that is because there were like two teams and there were six people on a team. And we were like in one of the teams. And that's how I met Marsha. Mm -hmm. We ran together from mm -hmm. Columbia, South Carolina, down to Charleston, South Carolina in a 24 hour time period. And it has bonded us for life. <laughs> and it's here you are, it's here you are an author of our book now. So welcome, <laughs> Marsha. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, it was a speed friendship, man. You get put yep. with somebody for 24 hours and oh my gosh, you become friends. You, come, you become friends. And you and I were so much alike because we were both so nervous. I mean, we were like, yes. how in the world do we get here? Like, <laughs> A lot of our friends, right? They were runners. They are runners. They, yes. they knew what they were doing. Yes. You and I, we yes. we had no business being on that team. 
Well, I know for sure Jeff will get you over your head in a skinny minute. Like, you know, oh. you go, yes, you can do this. And I know. We I did know. it. We did yeah. it. But it was, yeah. it was, uh, was an experience. I, I haven't done this... it again. Let's put it that way. Yeah, I haven't either. I <laughs> <laughs> was a one and done. Um, <laughs> but it is so fun to think about how people come into your life and yeah. you don't know at the time, right? You and I had yeah. no idea. I think really, I'm trying to think back. I mean, Light Beamers was really young at that point. Um, yeah. I, I don't even know if you and I even had a conversation about well, Light Beamers. I, we did I not. Mean, you probably not didn't even point. know what no. I was up to. And, but mm -hmm. yeah, this was, this was many years ago when I was just starting Light Beamers and, you know, I'm sure I didn't even know what I was doing at that point. And so here we are all these years later. And of course, you know, you've, you've been on the periphery watching and seeing what we're doing. And then this past year, you know, you, you came into the fold, uh, which was yeah. so fun to really, you know, share your story, um, in this book. And, you know, that was another really fun thing is you and I got to have many conversations now, but mm -hmm. it's like, I got to know more of you because mm -hmm. you, you did share your story, um, yeah. in this book, this story you wrote about, which is about panic attacks, you know, mm -hmm. your, your lifelong struggle with debilitating and serious panic yes. attacks. But what was fascinating is when you and I met to, to, to discuss the story you were going to write mm -hmm. in this book, you actually kind of laid out for me a buffet of stories, you know, yes. like you said, well, I could talk about this or I could do this story. I could, you know, and you and I got yeah. to really talk about that. Of course we went with the panic attack stories, but yeah. just in that conversation alone, I was like, wow, Marsha, there's so much that I did not know about you. Of course I didn't know all these things about you. Yes. And that's the beautiful part of storytelling is, you know, well, it's a way of connecting more yeah. over the story. And it goes to, it goes two ways, April, because you wrote your story in this book. Mm -hmm. And I had no idea. I mean, your story, um, you know, talked about anxiety and yeah. I had no idea that was going on for you either. So um, this is the lesson, one of the great lessons of participating in something like this, but also just for us as human beings is, you know, listening, paying attention, connecting to people. Um you just learn so much. And one of the things, one of the greatest things I've learned through this process is that everybody has so many stories and so many stories that you just aren't even tapping into. You're not prepared for. They surprise you at mm -hmm. every turn. And uh, it's just, I think, one of the most beautiful things about life, especially when you get older, when you get to a point where, you know, you're reflecting back on things that have happened in your life and you're also, you know, when you are friends with somebody or become friends with somebody or just even meet somebody on the street, mm -hmm. I mean, you can learn a story. I, I'm going to tell this just because I was at the grocery store the other day and mm -hmm. I was in the checkout line and somebody was right in front of me and the the lady that was the cashier was telling this person about surviving something and I was like oh so when I got up to the line I said I, I just overheard the end of that but can you tell me what happened and she said well one day I was walking out to my mailbox and I just fell over I didn't even know, but she had had an aneurysm. And if mm -hmm. she hadn't walked outside to the mailbox and somebody had not been driving by and seen her, she wouldn't be here right now. Mm -hmm. And so this is what I'm saying. Just even in the grocery store line, just anywhere you can, you can, um, you can hear someone's story if you're listening. Yes. Well, and that everyone's hauling around some stories, you know, like here you, this, there's a checkout lady at the grocery store and you're thinking mm -hmm. she's the checkout lady at the grocery store. Yes. You know, I mean, you, you don't just, even see this, people that, that's sometimes. her story, right? We just yes. see, see that as face value. That's her story. She's the checkout lady at the grocery store. That's right. And we do that. We're all guilty of that, of just kind yes. of taking people at face value and never yeah. really taking the time or spending time getting curious to ask those questions like, Hey, could you tell me a little bit more, you mm -hmm. know, to find out that 
she's not just, she's not at all the checkout lady at the grocery store. She's this woman that's survived, you know, some, some really serious uh, challenges and had, you know, to overcome that and to rehabilitate and to do all the work so that she can even be there at the checkout, you know, so so, amazing. And one of the, one of the um, co-authors in the book had said, you know, they just wanted to be seen. Mm-hmm. And that is, I think our responsibility as human beings every day is to see people. Mm-hmm. And if you, if you talk to people and listen to people, then you will see them. And, and, you know, some, especially women, I think when we get older, mm-hmm. the older women get the it's like the more invisible mm-hmm. they become. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so it's important, it's important for, for us, all women to support one another and to see one another and to really appreciate, um, people as they become older, because the older you are, the better your stories. For sure. And the wiser, I mean, yeah, you've lived life, you know, you've learned some things. I mean, you know, we do have a pretty wide age uh, coverage, if you will, of the authors that are in Shine Your Light. I think if I'm, I think Evelina Solis is our youngest author who, um, I don't think Evelina has even turned 40 yet. Um, She's a baby. She's she's a baby. baby. She's a baby. (laughs) And then our oldest author um, I won't tell their age because I'm not sure they want me to, but I do know, like we have ladies that are in their late seventies. So, um, you know, so we, that's a pretty wide range of yeah, and what, that, in the book, which is fascinating. Just that right? alone, yes. Just that alone, April, you know, it's, it's never too late to jump in and do something. I mean, it's never, ever too late we always I think people think oh I'm you know I'm this old I'm that old it's you know should have done this I should have done that why should it it's never too late never too late never too late I am curious Marsha um I mean I'm really even trying to remember back when we were first starting to talk about the book and you exploring the idea of maybe doing this I know I do remember that you were thinking okay should I just write my solo book or you know, do I want to do this collaborative book? I know I remember you and I having that conversation of what feels best to you right now, you know, but it was very clear. You knew you wanted to write a book. I remember that. Yes. Beyond that, what did eventually help you tip the scales to decide to do the collaborative book? What made you say yes to this particularly to be involved in a collaborative book, to write your, to pick one story, to write as a chapter and to be, to be involved in this? Yes. Thinking about taking on the task of the elephant, which would be to write a whole book, just paralyzed me. Mm-hmm. I just couldn't start. Mm-hmm. It just seemed so overwhelming. And um, and when you talk to me about this approach of just, you know, taking um an experience and for me a lifelong experience but still um it and participating with other people so you're not alone in the ride Uh both of those things were really um appealing to me and I I felt like okay I can do this um every single person on this planet that has been in grammar school and beyond has had to write a story Uh either from their imagination or from a personal experience. Uh And, and so that made it seem doable, Uh possible. That's a good perspective. I've never thought of that before. That's a really good perspective. Like you've actually done it before, right? Like you've actually done it before. So you can do this. Yes. And of course this was, uh, you know, on another level, as yeah. far as just get, you know, uh, going through the process, and, and you're not just submitting it to your teacher, you're putting it out there for the for the world to read. But um, but that just seemed like okay, I I can 
I can do this. One chapter, you know, a, a fluid story. I can, I think I can do this. Now, after that, I got totally paralyzed because, of course, my story, just like every woman's story in this book, is super personal, mm-hmm. vulnerable, um, you know, embarrassing. You're, you're, because you're talking about that is really scary. I mean, oh. I literally put in the story, you know, my deepest and what you might consider crazy thoughts that were going on in my mind when I was having these panic attacks. Uh-huh. And it's not a a logical thing. There's, right. there's nothing logical about it. It's it's impossible. I mean, really impossible for anybody to really understand uh, that has never had a panic attack. Yeah. If you've um, never walked it. Yeah. It is hard to understand. I've, I, you know, yeah. Marsha, I don't know if I, I'm sure I told you this, but I, I've had one panic attack in my life and it was yeah. severe. And I went to the hospital because I thought, you know, you think you're dying. Yes. You, you think, think you're dying. You can't yes. breathe. You're pretty sure you're dying. And so, yes. um, you know, and I, and I now know that it was caused by extreme stress. I didn't even realize I was stressed at the time, but I had yeah. a lot of there. We had just gone through a big major move. This was early in my marriage with Kyle. We'd moved across the country. This was before we had kids. And yeah. anyway, we moved across the country. I had just quit my television job, you know, like this big fancy job that I'd worked so ridiculously hard to achieve. Um, yes. And then I just like walked out. I mean, I didn't walk out. I mean, they knew I was leaving, but I mean, yeah. I made a big decision in my life to no yes. longer continue doing that work. And we moved across the country to this little teeny tiny lake town in North Carolina. Mm-hmm. And I was sitting in the middle of this like rental house that was in the middle of a mountain in the middle of nowhere, <clears throat> having a panic attack, you know, by oh. myself. And I literally it was the scariest thing i've ever been through and so i can relate on a scale because i've had at least one panic attack i know what it feels like but your story you talk so much about you know yours were yours were chronic yours were constant they went on for a large part of your life yes not just a couple of years but years and years and years and years yes um and they were debilitating. They were completely debilitating. And like yes. you said, they were irrational. There was like, where, why were that? Why was it happening? You know, it's like one of those things you could never really answer. And yes. what's been so amazing. I'm not surprised by this, but I know that you have felt a lot of, well, I don't know. Like, I want you to answer what you have felt, but I know because you've been sharing with us that a lot of people have been coming forward and after reading your chapter now, because now that our book has been out for a few weeks, you've had some response Yes, you know, because others do know what you're walking through. Others, yes. you know, you're discovering that there are other people out there just like you walking the same journey. What yeah. is that? When I first posted on Facebook, um, I got a lot of um, direct messages from people just saying, I'm so glad you've said this, or I want to read this. I, my, my spouse, my child, my sister, my brother, you know, my friend suffers from panic attacks. And, um, even, um, even my own cousin, she uh, sent me a long message and I knew that she had struggled with anxiety, but she, you know, really sent me a long message uh, about it after she, um, read the chapter and that is that's what I want to um say to people you are not alone if you're having panic attacks if you're having anxiety if you any type of you know mental anguish mm-hmm. you're not alone there are so many people that are in the same boat and it's important to me to tell people you don't hold it in 
just don't hold it in because I did that for a long, long, long time. And all the years that I held it in, my panic attacks owned me. Uh And once I, you know, started talking about it, sharing it, just letting people know, I started owning the panic attacks. Uh So I felt like they totally consumed me for a long, long time. And that this was who I was. Uh The panic attacks, because they were just all consuming and then, you know, when I started talking about it, sharing it, um, you know, I started taking control of myself and then the panic attacks were just a piece of the pie, the piece of the marsh pie. They were just, a, just a slice, not, not the whole thing, which is what I had felt like, you know, it had become like this, this thing was just. All of you, Mm -hmm. all of me. Yeah. And, um, that just really, that, that helped me kind of start the process of getting control over it. You're never completely control over your panic attacks because every, everything you have done in your life has a pile that did not cause a panic attack that did cause a panic attack so i don't want to do this again because that might cause a panic attack so then your world gets smaller and smaller and smaller because you can only deal in this pile over here of things that i've done that don't cause panic attack and now and there's a lot of things that i have that i've done to get to this point but now i can walk into an airport Mm-hmm. And walk through an airport and not have feelings that I'm going to have a panic attack. Do I have, um, do I have security blankets that get me there? Yes. Yes, I do. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I used to only be able to walk only as far as where I could not see my house and I would have to mm-hmm. turn and walk back. And now I can walk five, six miles from my house, you know, and I mean, I won't walk further than that because that's just a long walk. (laughs) (laughs) That's back to our running our 200 miles. Right. (laughs) Right. Back to our, back to the story of, um, April and I and, and, um, our, our Palmetto 200, uh, when Jeff first, um, you know, talked about doing it, you know, wanted to do it. But boy, was I, all my, all my panicky feelings were just Mm -hmm. crimming below the surface, like, because it was an unknown, like, totally, I don't know what, I don't know what to expect here. And so, um, you know, Jeff is a cyclist and I said, this thing runs all through the night. Yeah. We, we ran over in the the dark. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You get out of the van and your van goes to the next point. And you run and there may not be anybody around you. Like people mm-hmm. are running with headlamps on, on down these dark country roads. What, yeah. Dark country roads. And I, I said, Jeff, do, uh, do you think you could ride your bicycle um, beside me when I run? When, if, when on the times that I have to run, he was like, Marsha, I don't think they're going to let me do that. Like, I really don't think they're going to let me do that. I said, I need you to ask. <laughs> And so he did, he got in touch with people, he asked, and he came back and he said, well, yeah, they said that I, you know, they said that I could do it. So, um, so he ran, he also, Jeff also rode the bicycle, his bicycle with April. Yes, and, he rode with uh, me too. Because yeah. I mean, there's the thing, right? Like I was feeling the same kind of angst about it, you know, yeah. running at night down these country roads by myself. I mean, I just, I could not, the fear of that was so big and I could not, (laughs) I mean, I knew I was going to do it, you know, because I'd signed up and that was, I I think that's why you have to sign up for stuff like this sometimes, you know, it's like, you have to make yourself face fear 
Yeah. And I'm so glad that I did it, but I'm also really, really glad because when I found yeah. out Jeff was going to ride his bicycle with you, I was like, oh, do you think you could ride with me too? Just that one leg where I was going to be yeah. running at night, you know, yeah. and it was such a, yes, it's such a, but those are those little safety blankets, you know, like you got, yeah. it's okay to have those little safety blankets. Cause you still pushed yourself to do something that was so beyond anything yes. you'd ever done before, you know, and you felt those panic attacks brewing. I mean, you felt oh, the yes. underneath it all. Yes. But, you know, learning to put things in place that allow you to navigate life and to, to put yourself out there and do new things, you know, yes, like is, writing I mean, a book. Yeah. I mean, this is just, no, no, that, that, uh, that, mm -hmm. that is what I wanted to say earlier. I got paralyzed after we, you know, got started and everybody was off to the races, writing their stuff and I wasn't writing anything because I was just paralyzed by the thought of revisiting all these things that had been um, filed away, mm -hmm. you know, things I didn't want to think about. All, painful, right? They're painful yes, memories these, to go back and remember. All these things that I was, you know, feared would trigger me to, mm -hmm. um, to have a panic attack. And, um, what I'll say is once I, once I wrote it and then I read it several times and every time I just sobbed like a, like a little child, because, you know, it's just every single person that has a story in this book. And I'm sure every person that has written something that is so personal to them, it, it is a cathartic process, but it is also just a hard and painful um, process to go through. At the end, you know, then you all have all these other feelings like, oh, I've written this and I've written it real and raw. And now, now you want to put it out there and you're <laughs> People like, are going to read it. Oh my gosh. And, um, I, you know, I, I had a really hard time, um, again, posting anything on Facebook, everybody else was busy, 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 busy posting stuff on Facebook. And I was like, you know, I was just having all these feelings and then it really just got down to the wire. And I just late one night, I, I pressed send and probably held my breath for, for a few seconds. And. And then I was like, well, now it is done. And mm -hmm. I, and I have put it out there and, you know, I just have to, I just have to ride whatever the way, the thing is, you don't know what people are thinking. You have no, no. idea what people are thinking. Maybe some people are thinking, well, yeah, she's, she's crazy. <laughs> maybe some people are thinking that yeah um but the thing that just gives me really i don't know the word to describe it i don't i don't i don't know if it, i don't not happiness or joy just peace is it peace or comfort it's peace it's just just trying to connect to people that need to hear mm -hmm. this story purpose Mar marcia that's purpose it gives that story so much purpose because you know there are people out there that are suffering the way you you suffer you you yeah. still have these this oh yes you know, you're better now and you're able to walk through an airport you can go into a mall you can travel you can you can go oh, for, it does not, walk yes. outside your house but you're better but, but these, these are things still that there. I've worked, these, those are things that I've worked on. If you presented me with a total unknown, you know, you're going to, you've got to, remember the name of my chapter is Scale the Mountain, but let's just mm -hmm. say you said, oh, we've gone on this hike and now we're going to have to repel <laughs> down <laughs> this mountain. I would probably have the big one. I mean, just just um let's just uh, probably about five years ago jeff and i went with some other people and we went 
uh, to a adventure park where they had zip lining, but I said, Jeff, I do not want to do zip lining. I am I I'll be trapped in that mm-hmm. harness. I can't get off. I just I can't do it. And we got there and he he came up to me and he goes, Okay, Marsha, I don't want you to panic, but you have to zip line to the different places, the different activities. That's how you're gonna get from point A to point B. And I was like I mean, it just, you know, I, I, I started crying. I'm like walking around in circles. I look like a trapped cat <laughs> and, you know, the person's like putting the harness on me and they're like, oh, they're all happy. Like, how are you today? And I'm like, oh. yeah, you know, and then they're putting the helmet on me and then they're strapping me onto the thing. And I mean, I'm just, I can, I, I honestly, I can hardly remember it because I, I thought I'm not going to live through this. And then they took us by bus up to this one called the Superman where you, you are facing down and it's like way, way, way up in the air. And I said, you know what? I'm, I'm going to have, I'm, I'm going to have a serious manic attack here. And so Jeff asked the bus driver, he said, can she ride with you to the next stop? <laughs> The guy said yes, and Jeff said, "I have never seen a happier person in my life. Like I'm just waving. Like <laughs> I'll see y'all. I'll see y'all, y'all have fun. Yeah. So I mean, knowing your limits, even, though, right? Like I guess that's it. Like knowing where you can push yourself. You know, because you've had a lot of growth in this arena, pushing yourself to do new things." things that are unknown to you yeah, and also knowing when too far is too far <laughs> and you know, that's something you're ha- you have to navigate, right? It is something you have to navigate. There's, yeah, you know, I pushed myself because I wanted to live a full life. Right. But then there's things like that where this is, this is not going to bring me any joy. This is only yeah. going to right 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 angst and so Mm -hmm. which is not worth it yeah you're exactly right yeah well you know the whole fear of what you know and you were you were talking about this about the book and releasing the story writing such a vulnerable story and then putting it out there and you know being kind of one at the the very end who came in and you know there were um you know we were explaining to to some of the other authors you know who were like, cause I think at one time we had like a small delay and then we, we were r- reporting that, you know, yeah. we might not have the book ready by this date. It's going to be maybe another date instead, yeah. which is what ended up happening. Yeah. And you, you were not the only one. There were others like you who were really yeah. struggling at the end yeah. to literally, like you said, press send, you know, just yeah. to, just to be okay. Here it is. <clears throat> and yes. it's because this is such a scary thing to think I'm putting myself out there in such a big way. Yeah. Um, and now of course, I think everyone understands because everyone's had the chance to read the book and understands, you know, these stories are challenging. Yeah. And, um, but at the time it is such a big fear. So talk about a big mountain to scale at that moment, but then you do it, then you press yeah. send and now it's out there and now people are reading it. Um, on the other side of that fear, what have you found? Oh, wow. Um, I have been really emotional. <laughs> and I think that really goes a lot. I think that really um, goes with connection. You know, you're um, connecting with people is emotional. And um, you are giving part of yourself Mm -hmm. to people um but also receiving um other people's vulnerabilities you know they're them sharing their um private feelings struggles with you is is emotional so it's it has been very emotional there there has also been um relief sense of peace um which that part that part is great but also the emotional part is great because it 
it has, um, I don't know, I think we get anesthetized even to our own feelings, our own inner thoughts. Mm-hmm. We busy ourselves to really not think about that. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, zipping through the day. And um, and it really causes you to kind of do a lot of reflection um, and... You know, it's good to feel. It's really, it's a good thing to feel those feelings. And I agree. I think so many of us are just marching through our day and numbing yeah. out. We have all sorts of ways in which we do this, small and big ways, right? Like the big yeah. ways be like, okay, maybe you're drinking too much or you're whatever, you're yeah. binge watching Netflix and those kinds of things. But there's small You'll ways too that. that we just constantly are shoving things off to the side. I am yeah. so guilty of this. I mean, I know this so well, um, you know, because there's things to do, there's things to accomplish, there's people to take care of, you know, there's just there's yes. a lot of responsibility in our day. And, yes. and we are all walking around with stories that we don't want to feel again. We've been there, done that, got the t-shirt, and now we're going to stuff that over there in the corner and we're not ever going to talk about it again. It is our um, inner middle school self. Yes. Right? You just want to um, put on your put best on the happy face, face. And, and look like everybody else. Yep. Just look and be like everybody else but that's what makes us that's what makes us beautiful it's not physicality is is not what makes us beautiful it's what's in here Mm -hmm. what it what our you know it's what makes us you know it's what makes us each our own beautiful snowflake because snowflakes are all you know, beautiful, intricate, delicate, different. And, um, and that's, that's what we are, but we all, all try so hard to look just and be just like everybody else. Yeah. And everything's fine. Everything's fine. And you know what? Everything is not fine. Everything is not fine. And this is the beautiful part, in my opinion, of of seeing women like you just take off the mask and share the story and do the darn thing, you know, write the damn book, you know, and get it out there because of like in your case, there's so many other people like you and not just like you, but (laughs) going through an experience like you and you sharing that story does you know, is you taking your power back, as you said, like sharing the story allowed you to start owning those panic attacks instead of them owning you, which is so much about what I say about storytelling anyway, like, cause we're all suffering through our own version of, of panic attacks, whatever that is, it may not be panic attacks. It might be something else completely, but we all have a version of that, that we are trying to avoid. And therefore that is having power over us. But when we start actually owning the story and telling the story and just being real about the story, then it takes all that power away. And then you have the opportunity to then showcase that to someone else yeah. And they get to see you sharing the story. That's the same story they're trying to run away from, right? That they're trying yes. to, and they're like, oh my gosh, I don't have to hide. I don't have to be ashamed of this. There's someone else like me that's suffering. And yeah. we forget when we're in, we have amnesia. We forget when we're in the middle of our struggles, we think yeah. we are the only person in the whole wide world that has that problem. And yeah. we just, it just gives us complete amnesia. And it's like, when we hear someone that has that story, has something similar, that's walked a similar path as us, it, it does remind us that we're not alone. It's so basic. It's yeah. so basic. And we all screw this up so bad, you know, yeah. thinking that we're the only ones. And that's the beautiful part of people like you, women like you coming forward and sharing these stories is that it starts to you know, let everybody in on the secret, you know, like it's, we're all just traveling and navigating and numbing out and, you know, doing the things, being busy when in reality, 
it's it's really healthy and good to feel the feelings and when we do that it brings us together yes yes connection piece and actually I don't know if you describe it this way, but I'm like, this is the thing that reminds me I'm actually alive, you know, like, oh, yes. I'm a real human. I mean, I'm a person yes. that has feelings that I have. I'm complicated. You know, yes. I'm not just face value. I'm not just April, the checkout girl at the grocery store or whatever. Right. Yeah. That's right. what I wanted to tell. That's what I, I, I was just thinking again about the lady uh, in the checkout line. It's so yeah. funny that you mentioned it again, because you know, I, I told her when I left, I said, thank you for, thank you for sharing that. And I'm so glad you're still here mm-hmm. and you have, you have more work to do here. And I got in my car after, after, um, I checked out and I just said, thank you. I needed to know that other people have really great stories yeah. that come out of hard things. Yeah. Exactly. And, and I do want to say, you, you know, you're still here too. You know, like it's such a reminder. We can see ourselves in other people's stories that way. Yeah. Oh, well, you know, you know, and I think it's written in my bio that, um, you know, a couple of years ago, I you know, flatlined. Um, so died mm-hmm. <laughs> during a colonoscopy mm-hmm. of all things. And, um, you know, I struggled when I, you know, in a, for the first couple of months after that, just like, why am I here? Mm-hmm. Why am I still here? So, um, you know, people go through these moments um, in life. We do wonder sometimes, what is my purpose? Mm-hmm. Why am I here? You know, what what should I be doing with my life? These are all things that every single person asks themselves at some point or another. Yep. And, um, and sometimes, sometimes you might not know the the answer to that right away. Um, but just don't be afraid to stick your toe in the water Mm -hmm. and go out there in the world and, you know, tell your story. And live it. Yeah. Tell your story. Yes. Yes. Tell your story by living it. And then if you want to, after you've lived it, tell your story. Tell your story. Yes. Yeah. Don't be afraid. I know that um, this is just going to continue for you. I mean, especially having more people read the book, you talking more about your story now. I mean, this is, it's kind of opened a door for you to talk more about it, even outside the book. I mean, people will read the book and they'll get it, but but even outside of that, I know you're planning to do some speaking now. Like there's, this has opened a door for you yeah. to, to share this story more. Yeah. And so, you know, speaking of purpose, do you feel like this is your purpose? Do you feel like you have found a piece of yourself through the process of sharing the story? Yeah. One, one of my goals this year is to really um, find opportunities to speak to um, groups uh, about mental health or, um, or, you know, mental health organizations or groups that are, you know, want to have somebody talk about mental health. Um, I just, I, I mean, a lot of people are on medication and it is, it, it might be a, it's a big topic of debate. Yes. And some people definitely need to be on medication. I'm not saying that they don't, but, um, you know, one of my favorite psychiatrists that I follow and psychiatrists are trained to medicate people, right? They're trained to uh, diagnose and then offer prescriptions for, but I love that he says that should be the last, the last resort. Mm -hmm. There are other things that you can do that you should try to do before, um, medication and our society has forgotten this i mean mm-hmm. it is just way off here to the side and it it is really just the norm for for you to get a prescription take a pill mask mask whatever is happening and not try, not to because we don't want to do the work mm-hmm 
going to do the work. Now, I mean, I tried medication twice. I didn't last a week both times because <laughs> it took away my joy. To, it took away my feeling. It masked everything. Yeah. It masked yeah. everything, good and bad. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I couldn't, I couldn't do that, but because I couldn't do it, I had to do a lot of other uh, stuff, the hard work, go through a lot of pain and suffering and struggling and, um, and really a lot of my, a, a lot of my, um, relief from panic attacks didn't come until I went into menopause. And I was searching, I have a blood clotting gene, factor five lighted. So I can't take any hormones. So again, my doctor said, well, on th at this point, we can't prescribe you anything because you have factor five lighted. So you will have to suffer. You will have to suffer through. So then I went through a lot of, you know, I, on a holistic journey, really trying to find other things that would relieve my menopause symptoms. And it didn't relieve my menopause symptoms, but I found great relief from my panic attacks through the process. So that's what I just want. I just want to share all of that information with people so that they too know that there's all kinds of things that you can do for panic attacks that don't involve, you know, highly addictive benzodiazepines. Yeah. Yeah. It's such an important message, Marsha. I mean, you, you really have a, a lot of work ahead of you to do, to share that story more. And yeah. it's going to be amazing to watch you do it. Cause it's a very important topic. Yeah. We all know that mental health is we're in a major, 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 major mental health crisis. You pointed it out on our, on our last author call yeah. this week, that once you've read the book, there's actually an undercurrent throughout shine your light with all 13 women who write and share their story, um, you know, at some point or another, there's some mention inside each of their stories about, right. you know, depression or anxiety, panic, um, worry, stress. fear, stress, all those the things. Stress, right? can, stress can, I mean, stress, stress can take induce my over. panic attack. I mean, my yeah. gosh, I mean, for sure. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it is a, you know, and here we are, we're pretty high producing, high performing women. You know, these are all women that run businesses and yes. like freaking, you know, kick ass on a day-to-day -day basis. And yeah. we struggle, we yeah. struggle, you guys, like we're right there with you. Yes. It's a very important topic that we as women do need to be talking about. And I agree, like, you know, you read my chapter, but yeah. you know, my, mo my anxiety, the most recent bout that I talk about in my chapter of shine your light was also induced by menopause. I mean, it really, when menopause hit, I yeah. got reintroduced to my anxiety. I had suffered yeah. from anxiety on and off, um, various different times of my life. And I thought I had figured out how to, to bat it away. Yeah. <clears throat> menopause gave me a, 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 a you know, a, a new education on it. And so at different stages of our life, we're navigating stuff that does, that does cause trauma and yeah. it causes mental health issues. And we need to be talking about it more. There is a mental health crisis the suicide rate is through the roof. There's yeah. just a lot of problems. And so you going and being a champion for and an advocate for alternative therapies, alternative um, modalities of healing yeah, is important. And, and yes, I mean, medication is available and so are other things. And so yes. I think it's such important work that you're going to be doing. And I'm excited to have you um, out there doing it and being yeah. a part of our light beamers shine your light team doing just that out there sharing your story shining your light yeah and i'm super excited because um i talked to to you yesterday <clears throat> about your speakeasy um yes and and that's one of my goals for next year yeah um is to be a part of april speakeasy where she really um helps you hone your talk yeah i'm excited about it too it's gonna be yeah. so fun to just go to the next level following up from the book, now stepping into sharing your story verbally on yeah. into rooms and into organizations and to mental health groups and yeah. groups of women that need to hear your story. It's, I can't wait. I'm excited. I'm so excited. You'll be in the with us. So Marsha, thank you so much for being thank here you, today. April. 
It is. It, it all was, started was from running pleasure. 200 miles. Who would have ever thought? <laughs> now we just have a new race to run and it's a good one. Yes, this is a, this is definitely a different kind of race, but this is uh, good. We I'm glad you, I'm glad you're riding the bicycle next to me. Yeah. So, so that's right. I'm like, we're riding the bicycle <laughs> with each other now. I love it. Yes. So good. So good. Well, mm -hmm. I hope that, um, for you, the listener, if you, if you haven't yet picked up your copy of shine your light, it is available on Amazon. So pretty easy to go over there and search for shine your light book. And you'll find us go read Marsha's chapter called scale the mountain. She definitely scales mountain. And there's so much in the chapter of, you know, really how Marsha did begin to do the work to overcome these panic attacks, to get her life to where she could literally walk through an airport leave her home. There were many years you didn't leave your home. Um, you know, you left your home. I just saw you in Dallas, Texas. You left your yeah. home, got on an airplane and came <laughs> to visit us for one of our book signings. And so, mm -hmm. you know, you are living your life now and, um, it, there is hope for so many others who may be suffering in some capacity with panic attacks. It's a very important Absolutely. story that is being shared and shine your light. So we do want you to go get your copy and buy a couple of extras while you're there and pass it around to your girlfriends. So thanks Marsha for being here today. Thanks everyone Thank for you, tuning Angel. in for another episode of uh, our author spotlights here on the inside story podcast. You guys make it a great day and we'll see you next time. Have a good one. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Don't forget to give it a review and share this broadcast out with your friends and family. Now, did listening to this episode make you think more about your own story? Are you wondering which parts of your own story are relevant to share with others? This is the question I get asked more than any other. How do I share my story? Which parts of my story are worth sharing with other people? How can I make my story relatable so that others can benefit from it? I've taken my simple process that I've used for years as a journalist and broken it down into a three-part storytelling formula that will help you discover the key components of your own story and how to share it. It's a free resource I've created to help you become a light beamer by sharing your story. Simply go to www.lightbeamers.com and click on the big yellow button on the homepage to download your story formula. I'd love to hear your story too. So be sure to join my free community on Facebook, the Light Beamers community, and share your story with me. I can't wait to learn more about you and the story that's inside of you. In the meantime, be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you can get notified when our next broadcast is live. You will want to stay tuned to the stories we are lining up for you next. I promise they are so good. As always, Light Beamers, I'm over here cheering for you. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM, women's voices amplified.